shifting the focus. Going on, like, continue, like, keeping to talk, like, I don't know, like, talking about student health, because we, like, addressed it a little bit in the past two stories. Okay. Because um, that is student health, right? It's not student health. It's, like... Welcome back to the Maroon Weekly. It is episode 41. It is sixth week of spring quarter, and as always, I'm Isaac. And I'm Ron. And we've got a lot of interesting stories for you today, and Ron will kick us off. Yeah, so the University of Chicago Labor Council hosted a May Day March this past Wednesday in conjunction with the Graduate Students' Union to advocate for workers' rights at the University of Chicago and in the broader Southside community. There were more than 200 demonstrators participating in these marches. So what's the Chicago Labor Council? So the University of Chicago Labor Council is a newly formed umbrella organization that describes itself as a council of stewards from all unions working together to build workers' power and solidarity. It is composed of workers' groups at the university, including GSU, National Nurses United, Service Employees International Union, and many more. So why were these protests held? The protests were held to increase awareness for workers' rights and to encourage the university administration to negotiate pay and benefits for graduate students working on behalf of the college. Specifically in regards to GSU, Jordy Davis, a PhD candidate in the Department of Political Science and a member of GSU, enumerated the demands of the organization. We demand that the administration recognize our union and agree to bargain with the graduate workers. It is egregious for a university to claim to value free speech and to refuse to recognize our democratically elected union. We deserve a voice. We deserve to be heard, he says. Continuing with the theme of democratic elections, the trust slate has emerged in student government spearheaded by first-year Natalie Wang. And Natalie Wang is running for both the community and government liaison in the class of 2022 representative. She joins Dinesh Dasgupta and Azar Siddiqui as part of the Trust Coalition, a group of students running for various student government positions that supports improving student health, student unity, and campus sustainability. If elected, Wang hopes to form a more positive relationship between the university and the Hyde Park community. So how is she going to foster this relationship with the Hyde Park community? She intends to visit local businesses in Hyde Park and secure student discounts to encourage students to visit local businesses and spend more time in the neighborhood. She also wants to increase awareness among the student body for arts events. Finally, Wang wants to plan more university events open to both students and local residents. So how is she planning on communicating student government transparency? She wants to increase the number of posts student government makes on the class Facebook pages, informing students about its actions in the administration, and she hopes to start a monthly newsletter detailing the actions of student government. The Trust Coalition itself is focused on improving student health on campus and has paid particular attention to long wait times and quality of service at student health services, which is something that she would like to address. Regarding campus sustainability, Wang's primary concern is the construction of the new Woodlawn Residential Campus opening in 2020. According to Wang, the new building will not be constructed to maximize occupant health and productivity, reduce waste and negative environmental impacts, and decreasing building life costs. Wang believes that student government should do more to make Greek life accountable to the student body and the administration, and she therefore supports the CARE Slates platform to reform student government regarding Greek life. And finally, Wang believes that paying members of the executive slate would alleviate an economic barrier for low-income students. Wang said that she would support a bill that would pay members of the executive slate who demonstrate financial need, but would consult the student body again prior to approving any bill on the issue. So that pretty much sums up the trust slate that Natalie Wang, Dinesh Gupta, and Azar Siddiqui are spearheading. So if this is something that you back, uh, be sure to vote in the upcoming elections.
On a similar vein, the Student Government Assembly passed a resolution on Monday calling for the university administration to immediately recognize Graduate Students United, or GSU. We've done a lot of stories on GSU, so you've probably already heard a little bit of this, but the resolution was sponsored by Class of 2022 Representative Zaheeb Nagis and Graduate Division of Humanities Representative Joe Brill. The bill had four co-sponsors and has the support of both GSU and Students Organizing, Uni and students organizing United with Labor. This resolution follows the walkout in autumn quarter, which, according to the resolution sponsors, had over 600 participants and was the largest walkout at the university since the Vietnam War. Graduate student workers walked out of classes at 11.03 a.m. to symbolize the 1,103 votes in favor of unionization during the vote in October of 2017. So has the University of Chicago recognized GSU at all? Um, the resolution notes that while more than two-thirds of UChicago graduate student workers voted to support unionization and the formation of GSU, the administration has continued its refusal to recognize any graduate student workers' union. And these graduate student workers, according to the resolution, remain concerned about the lack of adequate health care and wages that do not cover the cost of living, among other issues. The sponsors of the bill believe that GSU will help graduate students obtain living wages appropriate for residing in Hyde Park, improving health care, and better grievance reporting procedures. Nugus argued that although this resolution focuses on graduate students, it also pertains to undergrads. She said it's unethical to be taught by exploited labor, and improving the standard of living of our educators will improve the quality of education we receive by graduate students. Shifting the focus away from the student body, the Alumni Club of Chicago held a Harper Lecture last Thursday at Palmer House Hilton to discuss the first year of operation of the University of Chicago Medicine Trauma Center. So who were these speakers involved in the talk? The two guest speakers were Brenda Battle and Selwyn Rogers. Battle is the vice president of the Urban Health Initiative, and Rogers is a professor of surgery and the founding director of the Trauma Center. What were some of the points they went over? Battle and Rogers discussed the number of patients admitted into the trauma center, specifically mentioning how many of those victims were injured due to gunshot wounds. They also discussed the need for a comprehensive violence recovery program, VRP, which helps trauma victims recover immediately following their injuries and in the near term afterward. They also discussed how a VRP could reduce retaliatory violence, since being the victim of a crime significantly increases the likelihood of becoming a perpetrator. Battle and Rogers also discussed a need to implement services for first responders to trauma victims who may suffer psychological damage, as well as the need to integrate military personnel who have seen combat and violence in order to further equip the facility to handle trauma patients. While this story is unrelated to the Trauma Center or other student organizations, this impacts the student body because the Metro Board of Directors will consider labeling the 47th Street Stop in Kenwood and the 63rd Street Station in Woodlawn as underperforming at its May 15 meeting. Under this new policy, stations with ridership levels in the bottom 10% would be labeled unsustainable and face potential closure if initiatives to increase ridership fail. However, Metro will conduct additional analysis on the stations, considering factors like neighborhood demographics, potential reforms to improve ridership, and future plans. Hyde Park's metro stations should not be affected by the new policy, though. All three Hyde Park stations are expected to be labeled as sustainable, having ridership at or above the median. So... I've taken the Metro before. I like it a lot, and um, I hope it'll stay open, because that'll be nice for me. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's all we have for you today. We will see you next week. As always, I'm Isaac. I'm Rob. Music for the Weekly was produced by Aaron Senden, Andrew Dietz, and Kenny Talbot-LaVega. And thank you to the Logan Cage staff for the audio recording equipment. We will see you next week.